Warning, the following podcast contains strong language which some listeners may find offensive. Thursday, you know what that means. It's time for another AEW show, Dynamite Review on the Docket. It's your boy, Big Tasty. I'm keeping it. I told you I was keeping it. Uh, I'm here with a three-man team. I'm joined by James Luft. Hello, Jay. How's it going? Hello, mate. Oh, you got your actual name there. And Aaron. Aaron he calls me my actual name yeah, all the time. because he's Jay and I've known him for like fucking 10 years, mate. Keep up. Um, <laughs> and Aaron, the Statman Sutcliffe. How's it going, Aaron? Oh, just leave now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. So let's let's crack straight in, eh? Because the show did. There was no uh, there were no little extra bits or cold yeah. opens this week. It was just straight in. Title title, you know, title sequence. Bang into the first match. We've got Adam Page. We've got Page v Cage. So Adam Page that, versus Brian that, Cage. That title just reminds me of fucking 2003. Shane V. Kane in an ambulance. <laughs> I, I really do wish at some point we get like Page and Cage, that being Adam Page and Christine Cage versus Ethan Page and Brian Cage. What are three stages of Cage, man? Just so that JR has like a fucking meltdown. Trying to go and it. Three stages three, of three cage. cages of hell match. <laughs> so he faces Brian Cage first, then Christian Cage, and then both of them in a steel cage. <laughs> uh, right, so before the match, Hangman comes out and Team Taz just wipe him out from behind. They just absolutely annihilate him. Um, Ricky Starks, I love how like Brian Gage like, knocks him to the floor and like hurts him and then Ricky Starks just, and just starts kicking him. <laughs> Did you see, Did you see Hangman's um, title this week? Yeah. It was like jumped by a high schooler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, enjoyed that. Um, so then, as as sort of Team Taz are doing the business, Dark Order around to make the save. Um, the referees sort of like get everyone who's not those two guys up onto the ramp and sort of start stripping them away. Um, Cage hits a huge powerbomb on the ramp on Page. So this is going to get really confusing. I'll call him Hangman for the purposes of this. Of this, um, <laughs> he hits a huge powerbomb on Hangman. Um, and yeah, that's how we start the match. And uh, this did not go how I thought it was going to go. It was it was weird, wasn't it? How it just it wasn't abrupt, but the finish is is it felt like a squash match. I can't think. I can't. I can't, I can't think of five offensive moves that Hangman got in in this match. He he did the bit where he like pulled the rope down and Cage fell out the ring, and then. He, he got an Arihara, I know that. Yes, he got the yeah. moonsault. He got the knees up on a on a moonsault, didn't he? Off on a cage moonsault yeah. to block it. And he pushed Brian he pushed cage. cage into the air ring post at one point as well. But I mean, it really felt like <clears throat> like he was fighting for his life like the entire time. He's obviously he started on the back foot because of the power bomb, and he just never really got into the match. Like Cage didn't let him, didn't give him a chance. Ready, did he to, no. to sort of get comfortable? No, uh, that. We've just glossed over a standing moonsault by Brian Cage, by the way. Well, yeah, like, yeah, that's a man yeah. that size would not be able to do that. Well, did you see him on um, on BT the other week doing kickflips on a skateboard? No. Oh, yeah. yeah. Looked like it looked yeah. like he was standing on a book of matches. It was that's <laughs> <laughs> it, it was terrifying. 
it, it was um, it was like seeing a gorilla fucking on a skateboard. It was insane. Uh, that man is Brian Cage is ridiculous. Like, and they, they talked about it on comment. Obviously, Taz Taz was on commentary. And he, you know, Taz was putting him over really well. Uh, but Excalibur was doing a great job as well, saying about how like obviously Cage is not only is he a powerhouse. He's they say this a lot on on um, AW going to. They say not only is he a powerhouse, he's also like a freak athlete as well. You know, he's like super super agile, not just for a man of his size, but just for a man in general. You know, he's um he's fantastic. <clears throat> he's a really um he's a real you know, multi-tool player, and yeah, I think he's he could go, he could be a big deal in, in AW going forward. Yeah, he also yeah. Non, nonchalantly just hits an F5 in this match. <laughs> yeah, just, and it's, yeah, not, and it's the, not even the finish. The way he did it was incredible. So, yeah, Page goes, eh, Cage, Page, Hangman, Hungman, goes for um, a buckshot lariat, and literally, as he, like, lands, Cage just, like, gets him up for an F5 and just... Like he just, he just, he just like it. scoops him up like you pick up a dog. He's just like, yep, there you go, mate. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love, I love the bit. There was a bit earlier on where um, Hangman was like just dead, and Brian Cage just starts doing bicep kills with his body. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's looked incredible. Like is the and, and, and you've got to say, I mean, Cage looked impressive. Like his power game was great, but Jesus Christ, Hangman can't off sell, can he? Oh, it was awesome. Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, he is very good. Um, I've got a couple of questions here. So, first off, do you think they did this to basically get Hangman out of like being number one ranked? Yeah, yeah. this 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 was a this because... was a this was a throw in the water on the fire just to sort of dull it down a bit because I think you can't you can't realistically. Oh, so, just spoiler. Um, Brian Cage wins. He, he wins at the Drogue Law. It's in, you know, there's there's no big comeback. Like he's a, I, It was like a squash match, though. It was genuinely like, I oh. was sat there like shocked. Like, yeah, what so, the hell so he's, he's, he's said before about Hangman coming with a bookshot. Cage ducks it, picks him up, hits the F5. And then there's this lovely sequence where he hits a powerbomb. And then just like deadlifts him up and hits a buckle bomb. Yeah. yeah. Like effortlessly. And then hits the Drogue Law. And then he wins. And I thought, that's it. Like, and like the, the commentary, really? the, the commentary sold it really well as well. So I think it was Excalibur, like when he hits the drill claw, <clears throat> he hit the drill claw, <clears throat> went for the cover, and um, <clears throat> pardon me, Excalibur was like, "Oh, Hangman's going to have to dig deep to kick out." Like you know, obviously selling the fact that oh, it's Hangman, of course he's going to find a way. And no, yeah. he's just dead. He just just gets he just gets pinned for three, and it's like okay. And then Excalibur was like really shocked. And he's like, "Oh my god," you know, and it made it seem like a really. I love the way Taz was dead matter of fact about it. Like, no, no, this match is over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it was. It was. I mean, obviously, they, they had the uh, they have the protection. Like, they have the, the the pre-match beat down of the power bomb, and they talked about the power bomb being like a factor. Well, also, the match itself was only like about seven minutes. Yeah, it was. Yeah, only it, ten minutes. it wasn't a long match at all. No, no. I mean, it wasn't a total squash because, like I said, you said Hangman did do a few, got a few bits in, but he never. He was never on top in this match. Like at no. all. No. Um, I got kind of Brock versus Cena vibes from. Yeah, and it's so yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree with you, Jay. I think it was 100 percent done to sort of slam the brakes on, just to keep Hamlin yeah. sort of bubbling under. You don't want him. You don't want him popping off right mm. now. You, you, he's not quite ready yet. You need to like sort of play that a little bit longer. Um, because the, the, the building up the next guy for the title, which we'll talk about a bit later. Um, you, you can't just have him be the number one guy for the next six months and not no, give he, him a title he, he, he can't be ranked. <laughs> he can't be ranked number one for like the next year and not fight Kenny. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you've got, you've got to do something about it, haven't you? Uh, he needs, and he, I think he, I think he needs a bit more nuance because we we spoke about like what you do with Hangman and we, we said this a few weeks ago. 
he needs a bit more nuance in his journey. He can't just be like, oh, he's he's he just wins now, um, and that's fine. He needs to have a few more like bumps in the road, and he needs to overcome a few more obstacles. And you know, he's on this like epic journey, isn't he, to the top? And he, I think he needs a bit more adversity. If it's just like, oh, he just he just bookshots everyone now and wins for like six months, it's fine. Yeah, that's not that's not compelling. It's not exciting. There's nothing to uh, nothing to root for there. Yeah, I think I think the best the thing with Hangman is the the best way they portray him is when he's clawing back from like some major roadblock. Yeah, absolutely. and obviously it looks like Brian Cage is that roadblock for the time being. Just yeah, big thick men with big thick necks who drop people on their head. Um, <laughs> who'd have thunk that that would be his, his kryptonite? Um, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a bit of a squash, but I, I enjoyed it. I mean, every now and then, I just like someone just hossing out and just wrecking someone. You know, it's it's real good fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally against. And it did it did great things for for Cage as well, which uh, yeah, yeah. This is the way they should have cut, like continued to book Brian Cage. I think um, just having him go out and murder people. This um, doesn't hurt Page because he is. Sympathetic baby face. He's an actual baby face that's sympathetic. <laughs> like, like you actually care about him, like not because you're being yeah. Too, but yeah, seems he will. Yeah. yeah, like I was genuinely shocked and genuinely like upset that Paige lost that match, which shows he's doing his job really well. But, and, uh, but now I want to yeah. see what he does next. I want to see how he, yeah. how he how he reacts and you know how he how he comes back from this. Yeah, he's probably gonna mare the hook, isn't he? Yeah, he's gonna bat a hook. Sorry, sorry, hook. Um, and then Hobbs is gonna just like squash him even quicker. Right. So next up, we get a little video package um, of the elite in the in a limo. Um, so they, they sort of beckon Brandon Cutler in um, with the camera. And if you haven't seen being the elite this week, uh, the young books give Brandon Cutler an elite jacket, but it's his young boy on the back, so he's like the lackey basically. And he has yeah. to do all the bits and bobs, and they're all in the. They're all in like the limo. I don't think Carl Anderson's got trousers on. Um, no, he's not wearing trousers. And... <laughs> I don't think he's wearing anything down there. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'd want to be in a confined space with Doc and... Gallows and Carl Anderson. With yeah, their... right, ne- right next to him, Gallows just starts licking his arm a lot. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Have I missed a joke here? Why is he licking his arm? Gallows is just weird, isn't he, at this point? Yeah. He, he was wearing he was wearing a, a leather jacket of rebellion, which said dangly on it. Well, they so they all they all have their danglies in, which um, they talked yeah. about on being the elite this week. They all got their little dangly earrings. Um, so the Don Carlos is talking about like obviously the, the hyping that Kenny won the Impact and TNA combined title at the weekend. Uh, Carlos is saying they had to cut a, a follow car with all the goldings. It was too much of it, despite the fact the books had the belt like, literally with them. Um, but that's fine. Um, yeah, it's a gold followed them. Um, and then they do a great bit where, like, Kenny, Kenny kind of takes over and he's like, Oh, yeah, you know, we're champions of this, we're the elite. We're not afraid. And then, like, a horn beeps. <laughs> like, they all shit themselves. Yeah. I, I, I just wait myself laughing so much just and, for that um, one specific part. It was, <laughs> it was the way the gallows, like, threw the water <laughs> over the air as well. <laughs> and then his hat just fell off. But no, it, it turned out it was just uh, Nakazawa who was driving the limo because pressed the wrong button and, and sounded the horn instead of doing something else. So it was what, fine. What, what button are you pressing as the horn and not something? Else? I, I mean, I've never driven a limo. I don't know where the horn is on one of those things. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He could have been looking for like the minibar or like the you know the, the CD changer or something. I don't know. 
It could have been one of those Scandinavian cars where it's got like the on button and the horn, like on the <laughs> with, dashboard. With the horns, on, the, the horns <laughs> on, like the gear stick or something. Like a vo- could be like a Volvo or something where it's got like the on button and it's got the the horn next to. It. Right. So keeping with the elite, uh, moving on a little bit, we have uh, the Young Bucks <clears throat> versus Matt and Mike Sado. Uh, be- before you go into the match, Excalibur goes when they come out. The Sido brothers have become one of the premier teams in AEW. Mm. <laughs> I, I mean, to be Both fair, so they've, they've been featuring on Dark a lot, and they've, they've featured on Dynamite a lot. They, they do look good, and uh, Matt Sydal did take Kenny Omega to a decent match the other week. So he did. You forget how good Matt Sydal is, though, don't you? You forget how good Matt Sydal is until you, until you see Mike Sydal tag him in. And yeah, then you're like, oh wait, no, Mike's not awful, but then he takes him back. Oh no, he's lo- he's loads better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a reason he's the one who's officially signed and the other one's just hanging around. <laughs> yeah. If you listen to this, um, Mike Zadell, we still love you, don't worry, even if the tattoos are a bit weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, the, and coming to the ring with the yoga mat's a bit odd as well, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, unless I like, he's a heat. Unless like, he's a heel and he's got like a concealed weapon in there. I just don't get it. I like I like the dynamic though. I like I like the sort of um mm. They, they hit a few really good um, double team moves in this match as well. So this is this is Matt and Mike Sado versus the Young Bucks. Uh, this is another one of AEW's favourite um, match types, which is if they win, they get a title shot further down the line. They call that like a title eliminator, don't they? That's the sort of yeah. I, I do. It. I do like the fact that they do this in AEW where it's like if it's a non-title match and you beat the champion, you get you instantly go to the front of the line. Yeah. It, it kind of eradicates the rankings, but at the same time, it makes a lot of sense that you'd leapfrog the rankings. I mean, because otherwise, why yeah. would you fight the champions? Like, what's the benefit? They're probably yeah. going be, to beat you because of the champions. There's, there's, a, there's a risk there. There has to be some reward if you, if you do manage to yeah. beat them. That's it. Um, yeah, decent match. Um, not my favourite match on the show. Um, uh, to, to be fair, not a lot really happened. It was fast-paced, but nothing... Um, Major. I'm going to be absolutely honest with you. I completely forgot this match had happened. Yeah, like nothing major. <laughs> and until you said then, I was like, oh shit, yeah, that there was, was a, on this episode. There was a couple of fun things. So we got to see more of heel Matt Jackson, which is always incredible. Yeah. Um, at, at one point, he was like, he was like, Mike was like dead in the middle of the ring, and Matt was like, act, like play acting along, like Damien Sanders to do for the Miz, like mimic his, his actions as he went for like the, the tag. And then he just kicked him as he got near the corner, so he couldn't tag in. Did, <laughs> which... he, not, did he not do the Michael Hayes drive? He did. He went all the way to Bad Street and did the, uh, the Michael Hayes <laughs> sort of strut, which was really nice. Yeah. Um, you can tell um, Matt, uh, Matt Jackson is A, someone who's watched a lot of wrestling in their life, and B, really knows how to piss people off on the internet. Yeah. Good. And, and, well, and, I res- I, and I respect both those facets yeah. of his character. <laughs> uh, so the match ended um, with the Young Bucks victory. And we, we had another little pop culture reference. Um, there was a bit of like a ref, there was a bit of fuckery towards the end, and there was a bit of ref confusion. Yeah. And... They've done twin magic, but. They're not twins, and you know which one's which. So how did that work? But then um, <laughs> Matt Jackson sort of interferes. No, sorry, Nick Jackson interferes. Matt Jackson's in the ring, and he he does like a proper like Johnny Cage low blow yeah, on, um, yeah. on Mike Seidel, which was great. And then they hit the BTE trigger for the win uh, on the low blow. It was like literally, it was like the strongest dick punch you've ever seen. It was like a falcon punch to the dick. Um, yeah. It was. I think that might have been a little PWG reference there as well. That that was awfully reminiscent of Lion Cop. 
I mean, they did. They did all watch the Mortal Kombat film this week, so I'm thinking it might have been another also that as well. Yeah. <laughs> and Don Callis called it what he called an excellent, an excellent athletic maneuver. Yeah. <laughs> Which I was big into that, and I, I just love Matt's face when he hit it. He just like he just like sort of stood like yeah. froze in place for like for like ten seconds and just like shitty like looked right down the camera with this big shitty grin. It was it was fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm really he, he enjoying. Said something as well, but. He said something as well into the camera. I can't remember. I'm what pretty it sure was. it was just like I hit him in the dick or something along those lines. Yeah, it was something. <laughs> Basically, um, I'm really loving Heal Young Bucks. I think that they're they're having the time of their lives doing this this stick, aren't they? And it, it's really coming across. Um, I mean, it's one of them, isn't it? As well, where as much as like the Young Bucks can be good baby faces, they're also very unlikable. They, so, they have, yeah, they have like a, a natural, a they, natural sort of like because they're like they're like. Proper, they like, enjoyed talking about how much money they make and all that. Yeah, they're, um, like, they're, they're proper like white, uh, white of the white, you know, Californian American, you know, proper, you know, well presented and yeah. rich jocks. Yeah, they are. They're rich jocks. Yeah, there was um, again on being the elite. Um, it turned out that um, <laughs> Matt Jackson like legitimately accidentally sent a picture of his bank balance. To a WhatsApp yeah. with a load of other TNA uh, wrestlers in because he was what he was trying to sell. Yeah, well, wasn't it like Trent and Luchasaurus? Yeah, he yeah. had a good day on the stocks and he went to like send his portfolio and he, he had like his bank balance on the bottom and he didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> so he actually did because literally showed all the other um, wrestlers how much money he's got from them, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, so not not the, not the worst match again, nothing particularly fantastic, but it was it was serviceable. You know, it was I I, I, I kind of got on with it. it was um, fun. So you after- got. Sorry. So after, after, after the match, we have the um, super cringy uncles, SCU, come out. <sighs> and yeah, this was fine. Daniels, 51 year old Christopher Daniels, cut a fire promo, to be fair. It, it was when uh, Frankie Kazarian went on the mic and started doing his dad jokes. I'm all for them, but not like four really bad ones in a row. <laughs> I, I miss I miss angry Frankie. <laughs> yeah, we'll bring just back. Call, just call him Brandon Cutler and Mark all the time. Yeah, <laughs> bring back do you? Please. I, I I literally said that for one of you to fucking jump in there, and neither you did. Yeah, so they basically said like obviously they brought up the fact that they said if they lost, they'd never team again. Um, they said the books used to be their friends. Now they don't recognise them. They're gonna basically kick their ass. They they because they, they were sort of flirting with a heel turn, weren't they? I see you. Um, before the books turned. Mm. Because Frankie was all angry and shit, and CD was just doing whatever, and now they're back to like big old baby faces. Because they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna save the tag division from you dickheads. We're gonna take the belts off you. Yeah. Do you think this is a way for them to like maybe retire CD? Yes, I think for sure they're gonna. Well, the books like, are gonna beat the books are gonna beat them. Gonna, but... Books are gonna beat them. SCU are gonna split up, and then we're you gonna have potentially. We're gonna have um, a, like a heel we're gonna have, we're gonna have a team a we're gonna have a team 3D cast heel turn. So he's gonna call CD out, and like they're gonna have yeah. like a, they're gonna have like a disbandment ceremony. And he's gonna be like, well, it's your fault we lost. And he's gonna batter him, and that's gonna be it, I think. And, and then he's gonna form aces and eights. And then aces and eights gonna come in, and um, Dilo Brown's gonna stop beating people up backstage, and then yeah, off we go. Um, um, can, can I just say it's four and a half weeks away until double or nothing? It's not that far away. No. So, so that that can a, be a Get a, good, get, get, get a good look at SEU now because um, you might not be seeing them in four and a half weeks time. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's weird, isn't it? That they're like kind of, they are, but they aren't putting in place matches for double or nothing. Yeah. Like it, fe- it feels more 
like SCU in the books feels more of the left field than um like obviously Mox and Kingston seems like the more natural traje- trajectory. Oh actually you've been making like actually you've been like pesky rankings noises. in the way. They've been making noises about being the number one ranked tag team for like quite a few weeks now. Yeah. Um they they've been they've been like popping up in like tag matches and they like watching much title matches and stuff like that. So they've they've been I think they've been like in the zone. And you it, it's good that the and I like AEW does this quite a bit. With they'll, they'll take a storyline, like they could have like they could be like a personal like rivalry. So like you say, the books versus Moxley um, and Kingston, but they're, they're willing to like say, well, yeah, they've got this going on, but they also have like commitments as champions, and you can't just say, oh, because we're feuding with them, they get the title shot because that makes no sense. It's like, well, what about the guys who who are ranked higher? Mm. Yeah, it's quite nice that they've been able to do that. Um. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, well, there's more. There's more tag team stuff coming up. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later because a match got announced for next week, and we'll uh, we'll have a little, we'll have a little quick chat about that. Um, next up, we had a little, very quick, another little quick Jay Cargo promo. Again, mm. good stuff. Just saying about like how she's looking for a manager. Maybe she said, you know, she's bad and she's in charge, and so it has to be good all, for her. It's not that she's looking for a manager. It's all the managers want her. I want a piece of yeah. that Jade Cargill pie. Everyone's some of that action. She's that bitch. So she, is, no. she is that bitch. Her words. She is that bitch. Um, okay, next up we get probably the match that weirdly I was <clears throat> possibly the most hyped for on this show. Yeah, I, yeah, I, was, and it didn't I disappoint. totally forgot this was a thing until like Orange's music started playing and I was like, oh, hi. This is yes, happening this so, week. So we have Orange Cassidy versus Penta El Cero Miedo. Um, and again, I, I, we say this every week, but shout out to Alex Abrahantos, who is clearly having the time of his life in this role. And <laughs> <laughs> he's absolutely killing it. It's incredible. So we oh. get like we get like a little um, a little picture in picture Penta says segment before the match starts. Where what what was the what was it he said? He said something like because obviously Trent, um, Penta beat Trent last week. Oh, he said he introduced, he introduced Trent to their friend Mike, meaning he hit with the microphone. And this week, it's going to be Orange. <laughs> yeah. Which is oh, fantastic. I love it. Um, so we had like a little bit of comedy at the start. Orange was going for the hands in the pockets. Penta kept like very aggressively see their mirror doing him in the yeah. face, which was, it's really hard to describe that, you know. I, I love the way the Penta sold it though, like, Orange put every time Orange went to put his hands in his pockets, Pen was like, No, stop it. <laughs> he was just really angry about it. So then Penta does a yeah. like, theatrical, like taking off of the glove. He sort of throws it like theatrically, and then Alex Abrahantos catches it and then falls off the ring at the same time, <laughs> which, which was brilliant. And then, so but, like, made up but then, like, yeah, he jumped up like he caught a bouquet at the end of a wedding. <laughs> it was incredible. Um, so then Orange takes off his, um, Takes off his shades and like throws them towards Trent, who just doesn't even attempt to grab them. He goes like, he goes like, literally, yeah. he, he, he doesn't even move his hand. He just like closes his hand to a fist and like they just fly over his hand. <laughs> He's trying as hard as not to laugh, wasn't he? As well, yeah. <laughs> he was like biting his lip. So we got we got like a little bit of comedy to start with. Um, <clears throat> then Orange finally gets his hand in his pockets. Penta goes to super kick. He, oh, he does he does like the kicks, doesn't he? And as he like goes for the for the lazy super kick, Penta goes for his own super kick. Uh, Orange moves out the way, 
and then that's it. The match is off, and Orange does his like arms in his pocket stick, which is really cool. His arm, his arm drags in his hands, and Tony Schiavone going nuts over. How did he do this arm drag? <laughs> <laughs> He's so entertaining, isn't he, though, Orange? Like, yeah. Every, I, I think every time I see him wrestle. You for, you almost like forget how good he is when he's like just doing the hands in the pockets and like the not like lazy kicks and then as soon as he starts firing up he's like yeah he's fucking unreal yeah and and this match the thing that was really good about this match is that like the contrast of styles between these two guys was excellent like, yeah had, they had really good chemistry together yeah yeah but and Orange just doing like all this like all the the hands in the pocket stuff and the comedy wrestling and then Penta you could tell like Penta was selling it really well that he just had no time for this shit and he just wanted to do murder. Yeah. yeah, and we just we start trying as hard as just like inflict maximum pain. Um, there was a really um, there was a really good spot as well where um, Penta was going for like the arm break, and Orange's way out of it was to put his hand in his pocket. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, Penta, Penta was trying to pull his arm up, and he was, was he was fantastic. pulling it down. Yeah, and as soon as he put the hand in the pocket, that was it. Uh, Penta couldn't put the hold on, and it was, it was uh, yeah. Also, if you thought Austin Theory roll into a gorilla press. By, Bron- by Bronson oh, last insane. night was nuts. Then how about a dive from Orange Cassidy? But Penta holds him in the air, gorilla press style on the outside, and then just decides to let go of one arm. So he's holding Orange in a gorilla press position and one arm. <laughs> and then eventually got bored, just dumped them on the apron. Yeah. Like like it was nothing. He's, oh. he's just like. Penta is just like effortlessly cool, isn't he? It was a fact. It was a suicide dive, mm. just in a gorilla press, like nothing. And it it wasn't it wasn't like done either. Where sometimes like a suicide dive, it's like if they're telegraphing it, like the person jumps slower. No, yeah. or he's just going no. full pelt, and Penta still just went caught yeah. him. Arms straight the whole time. They didn't just shudder yeah. at any that point. That was that was insane. <laughs> That was, uh, was another another great Penta. Penta again. I love Penta's offense, man. It's it's so um it's so innovative, but like so real looking, like real. It looks like everything's designed to just really hurt. Um, there was a moment where he put he put pen he put orange in like a pump handle, and then like lifted him up and turned it into like a sit out power well almost. Yeah, so but like, but he somehow, he somehow used to get his leg like over his chest as well as he came down. I don't. Wasn't that just a Penta driver? I don't, I've never seen it from that angle before, so I couldn't. Because yeah. he was like, yeah, I just, almost had his back to the camera when he hit it, and it looked, but it looked insane. I don't know how he managed yeah. to get his leg like over Orange's chest. <laughs> yes, he's. The, that's the thing. Like, the, it's mad that these two are as good as they are, and they're having like a little, like just a, not like a nothing match, but just like a, a bit of a feud carry on match in like the mid card, and he just tore it down. Yeah, you could put you could put this on a pay per view, like a match between these yeah. two guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Penta with a load of really like nice brain busters as well throughout this match, and Orange sells them like he's been shot every time he gets brain busted. Um, like really good stuff. Um, Ca- Orange Casty hits that dive in DDT. He does it just looks. I mean, I know it's safe and I know it's fine, but it looks horrible every time he does yeah. it. It looks like it really yeah. murders someone. <laughs> he, he did that. He did the satellite DDT on Penta, and I think it was just. It was probably more pensive, the fact that he was like kind of he was spinning as Orange was spinning. Yeah. yeah. But it just looked insane. It was so good. I mean both both like you say, they had great chemistry and they, they both sold really well for each other yeah. and they, they they bumped really well. Um 
Yeah, so the finish comes, um, it's like sort of a, a sort of reverse of last week. So, um, Orange is, he hits the beach break. Penta yeah, kicks. Um, well, he gets hit by the destroyer, and then Penta goes for the pile driver on him, and then Orange reverses that into the beach break, which would give him the two count because Penta's shoulder. Oh no, he didn't. Get, he, did, he didn't get. A, he didn't get a count because Penta landed and like his shoulders are down. So yeah. Price goes down for the count and like notices that his shoulders not down. So then he's going for presumably he's going to set him up for the orange punch. Alatero Hunter sees that you know he's in trouble, so he gets up on the apron with a mic. And he's like, yo, yo, orange, orange. If you thought what I said about Trent's mum last week was bad, wait until you hear what I say about your mum. <laughs> Which is, I mean, your mama jokes. Where are we? You know. And then, so Orange, is, <laughs> Orange has got no time for this and he just yanks him into the ring. Um, and the noise he makes as he's going over the top rope into the microphone is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> so he drops the mic. Um, then Penta comes out of nowhere with a super kick, gets him in for a package power driver. Trent, um no Alex is it Alex distracting the ref or the ref Bryce is just trying the to get Alex. Getting Alex yeah, out he's the ring. just trying to get Alex at the ring. Trent picks up the mic from the from like on the side, doesn't he? Orange mm. slips out of the package power driver. Trent gives him the mic. He hits a Superman punch with the microphone in his hand. And then that's that. And Penta um sorry Orange Cast gets the win. Um I love a good I love <laughs> I love a good mic noise where it just goes yeah, I, I loved him <laughs> after the match as well, where Bryce is like questioning Trent about it, and Trent's like, "No, no, we just hit him really hard." <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, so another surprise result. I did not see this coming. Um, I know they love, I know they well, love Orange Cassidy, and they love, they love booking him strong, but I didn't see him going over. Is, so I've got a question about Orange. Um, he's the only guy I think they said he was undefeated this year, other than Hangman. And obviously, yeah. Hangman lost. So, does, does that this, mean Orange does, is number one? Does this put Orange number one? Yeah, that's that'd be. I mean, because if we get Orange, Orange number, is number two, Orange, yeah, yeah Orange, he was yeah. number two ranked going into this match. And him versus Kenny Omega seems like something that could happen as like a, a little interim feud. Yeah, I'd be all for that. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, it's something that. They could as well do uh, again, not like as a huge feud. Like they could do, they could just do it just based off the rankings, which works. Yeah, I mean, you only got to do is have Don Callis come out and say that Orange Cassidy is a waste of space, and you know he's not a real wrestler and all this. And you know you could you could get the heat really easy with that, couldn't you? Uh, I really enjoyed the match, though. I thought, um, you know, you put these two guys in the ring and give them thirty minutes, they're gonna they're gonna have a good time. You know, it's uh, they're not gonna do a bad wrestling match, are they? No, uh, but yeah, no. Hope, hopefully, yeah. I mean, see what I mean. Yeah, Orange Cassidy is the only undefeated non-champion in AEW this year. So let's, see where, he, let's see where he ends up. Um, but like that, the the other thing they could do with that though is obviously it seems it seems almost more like they're leaning towards Death Triangle versus Best Friends. Probably, I, I'd imagine in like a street fight or something. Yeah, because that's how these things usually end up. Um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be interested to see whether they do something similar that they did with Page to Orange in the next couple of weeks. Oh, just like douse him down a bit. Yeah, just to kind of make him like fit in that feud and then get away from the rankings. I'm not sure who's there, who's number three. 
I will talk about potential other channel using a bit when, when another second comes on. Um, but first of all, we need to talk about rankings because rankings queen Britt Baker is backstage to deliver a promo. And I, I just love like the, the seemingly genuine happiness that her and Tony have when they see each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just grown over the past year, just them two together. I mean, they, they, you know, once you've seen a man get waxed, I suppose it's, um, <laughs> I suppose it's a special bond, isn't it? Um, yeah. So obviously, Britt Baker came out last week and sort of pointed at the screen and the rankings changed. She was ranked number one. And I just love how, like, obviously, being the hail she is, she's gone from, like, the rankings are fraudulent and they mean nothing to, and now that she's ranked number one, the rankings are sacrosanct to the, like, the, like, the most holy thing in the world. Like, They're now logical. Yeah, they can't, they can't <laughs> possibly be wrong now because she's number one. Um, and yeah, it's just, just a nice little bit of, a little bit of early build for her with, um, Sheeta. And I think we, well, we all sort of think that she might be getting the belt at this point, don't we? I think it makes uh, sense. It makes sense. She doesn't necessarily need it, but. I, I'm not opposed to it. She also said, um, "Sheeta later." Yeah, it's quite I, nice. I've got Sheeta later written down. <laughs> I, I, I feel, I feel like, um, I feel like she's like the person to kind of elevate the belt to the next level because she, I mean, it works, been so good in the last like one thing, twelve months. One thing's absolutely for certain is she's going to have a lot of fun in the build up to this match with Sheeta, like. Yeah, with the promos and with the skill, like things you can do, it's going to be great. Uh, shout out to Rebel, who's now got like LED fairy lights on her crutch. I didn't <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> Rebel's, Rebel's so underrated in that as well, isn't she? She's, so She's great. She, she does so much character work. It's it's like it really does like help out an awful lot. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, Britt Baker. Britt Baker's gone from being the blandest person on the roster to being like the the calmest promo. <laughs> you know, it's just ridiculous how, how much better she's gotten yeah. in the last like twelve months. Absolutely. Adam Cole's girlfriend, baby. <laughs> um. All right. So next up, we have what possibly became very quickly became my favorite part of the entire show tonight. It escalated very quickly once it started going. Um. So this was the parlay between the pinnacle and the inner circle. Um, moderated, I think. Question mark? Question mark? By Tony Schiavone, <laughs> in, the, in that he was definitely stood there. <laughs> he was there. He was present. Um, was, so, so the pinnacle nice out to an absolutely slapping theme tune. Yeah, it, it's very similar to the Horseman's theme tune in WCW, isn't it? Yeah, I like I like the video. I like the um, I like the, the music. I like everything about it. Um, They've got to win blood and guts, though, haven't they? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if they don't, like, they, if, they, if they don't, then what's the if point? they don't, they've already fucked them, haven't they? Yeah. Um, which and I think they lay the I think they lay the foundations of how they win in this in this segment. Mm. Um, so the pinnacle come out first. The inner circle come out um, with their security arrive on motorcycles, and then the inner circle come out. With, it was it was cool. Like I mean, you, you, the thing, you can say what you want on Jericho, but he knows how to put together a big scene. He knows how to make a scene. Yeah, doesn't he? He knows how to. Um, how to get did people you, get people's attention did, that way. Did you see when uh, Jericho's well inner circle security came out and they parked up on the side the face side basically, the face tunnel just down front of that. Basically when Jericho comes out in the inner circle, the pyro goes, you just see one guy try to wiggle the bike <laughs> over because it's too cold. I did think when the pyro started, I was like, he's really close to that pyro. Yeah. You see no wiggle right behind it, just oh no. <laughs> Yeah, the last thing you want is a motorbike blowing up on the fucking stage, is it? 
<laughs> it was tame, mate. It was fine. They could just done it again. <laughs> Different kind of bloody guts that I know. Hang on, where's Sammy got 30 reburns? I'm like, oh, no reason. <laughs> where's Sammy's eyebrows gone? <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they get in the ring. And um, so Tony Gironi kicks it off and says they're going to basically have a coin toss to decide who gets. So the rules, of, they explain the rules of blood and guts, which we'll go through very quickly. Um, it's basically war games with a few yeah, twists. It's just war games. So well, it's 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 old school war games, which is not the same as NXT war games. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's basically the same format. So two guys start off in the ring, two rings with a cage. Two guys start off for five minutes, they're by themselves, and then every two minutes, someone comes in and it alternates pep between teams. Um, the, oh, but the only way to win is to either submit or to surrender. There's no pinfall. Yeah, that's. I'm looking. I don't. I genuinely don't think I've watched an old war games by WCW. Um, so, 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 so then Tony announces that obviously a team, because of the way that the, the, the entrances are staggered, a team will always have a man advantage. One, well, half the time will have a man advantage, and they're going to decide it by flipping a coin. Um, and then. The weirdest thing happens. Sean Spears cuts a really good promo. <laughs> yeah, like this was really good. So it, it's as as Tony's flipping the coin, he kind of like swats it out of his hand, doesn't he? Yeah. And yeah. Like he takes the mic and just spits absolute fucking bars on everybody. Yeah, he said that they should get the advantage. Um, I can't remember why he said they should get the advantage. But... He said because they were tricked into accepting. That's the right, match. Yeah, they, they were sort of duped into like agreeing to the match. Yeah, so that they should have the um. Advantage, and he said something like he's gonna take out Sammy. And it was, um, I like it. It's a great, greatly great line about like Jericho's leading you into deep water. Yeah, uh, he says, but, he says at one point as well, Sammy, when was the last time you actually wrestled? Yeah, which was great. And then he said, yes, Jericho's leading you to deep water, and I, I'm gonna step on you and make you drown, basically. <laughs> which is, he's, he's if, you, if you, I mean, obviously. He's a bit of a meme, but if you tuned, if you listen, this is the first AW you'd ever watch, you'd be like, "Fuck me, this guy's a dangerous man." I mean, as feud with Cody, even if that chair shot didn't happen, he was good. Hmm. Like the build up to that match was very, very good. Yeah, so he, he's he got felt it. like he felt like an absolute like threat when he was feuding with Cody, and then he should have probably beat Cody in that feud, but Cody can't lose because he's Cody. Um, so, so anyway, so Spears cuts his fire promo. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying this like for a meme. Like, this was really good. Like, this was the best yeah. I've ever seen Spears on the mic, I, ever. I, I think the best part of the of this whole thing, because this segment was fantastic, was all the guys who kind of not. I wouldn't necessarily say they've been overshadowed by Jericho and MJF, but they've definitely not got as much mic time. Mm. They were allowed their mic time, and. Like FTR and and Air uh, Proud and Powerful both cut fantastic promos as well. Yeah, uh, Sammy and Spears cut like really good promos. Sammy says uh, he's going to start, he's going to go in first, and he's going to fight through all of uh, the. Pinnacle. So on that point, I think that's the route to the pinnacle winning. Sammy. So, so Sammy, so Sammy gets baited by Spears into giving Pinnacle the advantage. He's like, "Yeah, fuck it, you can have the man advantage. We don't care. I'll go in first, and I'll deal with it. I don't mind." And I think that's what they're gonna. That's maybe not necessarily Sammy, but it's like the the hubris of of inner circle is how the pinnacle are gonna win this by like their overconfidence. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think Sammy is like the kind of person, the person in that match really who doesn't get hurt at all from taking the like submission or yeah, because well, Sammy can just try and do something stupid, can't he? 
and like yeah. fuck it up mm. and then like get get made to submit or surrender. Or Sammy could be that, like that being said. Or Jericho like, should be the one who submits. Well, yeah, you could have, like, I, I don't know, you could have Spears about to throw Sammy off the cage and Jericho surrenders to save him or something stupid like that, you know? Yeah, because Jericho was, like, teasing how important Sammy was to him, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. When he when he did start speaking, he was, like, saying how, like, MJF almost cost his friendship with Sammy and Sammy was, like, the person he handpicked to kind of carry on his legacy sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, so before, then, before we get to that, let's let's just uh, talk about uh, Dax's promo because fuck me, this was incredible. I was yeah. getting goosebumps watching this, like because Ka- Cash started it and then he was like, kind of, he, he was just kind of going, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you up." And he, if Ka- the thing with Cash and Dax is that Cash is very much like the sort of the, the sort of uh, brawn of the team. Not to say that he's like an idiot or anything, but he's like the He's like the tough guy of the team, and Dax is like really menacing at times. And this was a really good point where he was like, he was bringing up a Santana and Ortiz's kids, and said like, when you when you hug them, say that daddy isn't coming home. And that was just like, oh, you fucking yeah. bastard! And, and, and like Santana and Ortiz sold it really well as well. Um, yeah. And then like they, and then like, um, was it Santana took over? Yeah. Ortiz calmed down Santana, and then Santana. Uh, Basically, cut like another amazing promo like he has been the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Santana just again like this. Obviously, Santana Ortiz just natural great baby faces, saying like, yeah, you know, we're they finally getting baby face. Proud you know, and powerful. you know, it's not going to be. We talked. They said like, you know, it's not, <laughs> not going to be no wrestling match. You know, they're going to be locked up in a cage, and then they're like, well, have you guys ever been locked up? Because we've been locked up. And it was like, oh, and we know. Like it was like, yeah, we know. We know how to live in these conditions. And it was, uh, yeah, that was great. Um, and then obviously we got to the, like the main course, if you will, which was the, the back. So uh, I think I love about this is this this is this this whole thing setting up like it's like a Saturday morning cartoon where like you have like your your, your good guys and your bad guys, and they all have like inter inter faction rivalries. So like obviously, you know you know you know that like Spears and um, Sammy are going to get into a big fight. You know that Wardlow and Hay are going to get into a big fight. You know that FTR and Proud and Powerful are going to get into a big fight. And you know that they're all going to pair off and it's going to be great. You're going to get like little crosses and you're going to get like other guys fighting other guys. But you know, the meat of the narrative is going to be everyone's going to fight their counterparts. And it's going to be yeah. like a Saturday morning cartoon with them all like pairing off and having this big massive fight. And it's going to be great. Um, what was interesting as well was that Jericho basically said this is the start of the feud, not like the end as well. Yeah. Which is good because it means we're getting proud and powerful versus FDR at uh, some point. Sorry, but then oh. MGS promo was fantastic. Like, and again, we talked about it last week. Like, it, he's just got that like little bit of a little note of steel in his voice when he when he gets like really fired up. Like that little bit of menace comes out by a little bit of danger, a little bit of like a little harshness. I don't know. He, he's just he, he's. It, it's it's a it's a it's an obvious thing to say. Oh, MGF's really good at promos, but like Jesus Christ, he's really good at promos. I've, I've brought this up a few times, um, but if anyone hasn't seen it, check out uh, Kenny Johnson's documentary on MGF, where MGF basically stays in character the whole time. It really kind of like th- this whole sort of you, you've got like a very American psycho vibe to him, hasn't he? Yeah, like he, you're know, like a white collar criminal sort of thing, um, and it, 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 this like. That documentary really amps that up, and I was seeing like kind of shades of that for here. I was like, yeah, this, this is really cool. Like, and like, so in this promo, he's sort of saying about how like Jericho 
must be under so much pressure because he's like the big money signing for AW. He was the marquee guy, like the first champion. You know, every time he goes out there, he must be under pressure because if he if he doesn't perform, then it looks bad on the whole company. All the cameras are on him. And then he like he, t- he, t- he, t- he just points out. He said, "And you can tell, Chris, because look, your eyes are all red and bloodshot. You look like you haven't slept properly in weeks. You look tired, basically." <laughs> and he said, "Don't worry, because of blood and guts, he's gonna he's gonna put him out of his misery and let him have a little rest. And he's gonna take him out." And yeah, oh, it was it was I'm great. So looking forward to that. <laughs> This is how you build them. This is how you build a big. This is how you build a big match, isn't it? Like Jesus Christ. Um, and then Jericho hit back and said, "Oh yeah, you know the 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 big difference between Pinnacle and the Circle is the Pinnacle have been together what a couple of months, whereas the Inner Circle have been together since day one of AW, literally the the inception of AW. You know, they've they've been through it all. And he calls out about what they and he does a really good job of like hyping up." All the um, all the guys in the inner circle. I'd love to know the, the full story. I mean, I'm sure you guys might know. I'd love to know more about the story about Jake Hager, like saving his life in Abu Dhabi. I imagine it's in his book. Yeah, he mentions about like something about an assassination or something. Yeah, to be fair, I don't know why I didn't search it. I I must have just went past it and not thought about it. My bad. Talk amongst yourselves. My bad. Yeah, and then he talks about like how how basically how he knows all these guys and how they're more than like they're more than just guys from their family and all this. And yeah, it was just it was just fantastic. Um, now, you were on about finishes for this match, right? Yeah, yeah. So, what if you do the whole? Oh, Sammy's in first, so he's going to get battered a lot. Obviously, he's going to risk take. He's going to be Sammy Guevara. Do all these mad things. And then at the end, they can wipe out all of the inner circle. They're all dead. And then they just get Jericho on his knees, make them watch, make do bad things to Sammy, and then Jericho says, I surrender. Yeah, I think that's to a definite save. I think that's a de- I think Jericho quitting to save Sammy is a definite way this match could end. I think that's how it's gonna mm. have to be in this. If you're wanting to put over inner circle as a whole as baby faces including Jake Hager because I mean, for me you, you just have like Sean Spears about to like concerto like the dead body of Sammy Guevara yeah whilst MJF and Wardo hold Jericho by his arms like and make him yeah. watch and he just screams no and quits you know that's that's an easy way and that, that doesn't hurt anybody a, a finish like that no that, that is what we need <laughs> and I am all for that yeah I, I'm and, all for I'm all for like crying dad Jericho like, yeah. like, 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 like a re- <laughs> like a reverse Lion King, just like crying over the dead body of Sammy Guevara, <laughs> like, but, like, Sammy, um, like, oh. br- like, like Bruce Wayne over Jason Todd, like pro- <laughs> Bruce Wayne over Jason Todd. Fuck me, <laughs> that make MJF the Joker. Yes, yeah, pretty much. Um, I've, I've just go- I've just googled it. Then apparently, um, it's in Jericho's third autobiography. What's the title? Story. Uh, the best in the world at what I'm not quite sure. I do have it behind me over there. Somewhere. Oh cool! Oh no, I'll, I'll make sure. I need to read Joseph Barkley's man because his career is so captivating. I'll, I'll make a note. I'll make a, a point of that. They are very good. Um, apparently the fourth one's not that good. Um, but yeah, like, uh, the long and short was he got into an altercation with the guy. Guy put a twelve million dollar bounty on Jericho's head. Fair enough. And uh, Hager basically got him out of, out of the uh, shit and into a car and drove away. Like a real life, like the real life Marine. Yeah. 
<laughs> Make that film, Tony. Go on, do it. Um, so yeah, well, I mean, what? Well, so let's move on because we're, we're sort of getting bogged down. There's now uh, what a fantastic, fantastic segment this was. Like, yeah, like we said, yeah, this is this is. I am. I I want to watch Blood and Guts right now. Like that's okay. Yeah. Segment was. Uh, are we are we going to do a watch along for that? Uh, obviously, we're at with work, but potentially. Are, are yes. you are you guys are you guys willing to take the hit on sleep so to do a live watch along of it? Uh, it depends. I won't be able to. I know. I think I think I, to, I think I'm about to brew the next day, so maybe not. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, probably he'll do it. But we'll see. <laughs> um, so then um, we, we said earlier about um, about like obviously the, the sort of the, the dousing of, of Hangman's sort of spark to, to sort of put him on the back burner and push him away from the title pitch a little bit. Looks like the kind of positioning Eddie Kingston as Kenny's next challenger. Yeah. So it feels that way, but also at the same because this this kind of come out of nowhere, didn't it? That this whole like segments like well, if, if so when they were in the limo before. Just it was a throwaway line by Kenny. It was just like, "Oh, you want to come at the champion? You don't get to, you don't get to like, you don't get to just go straight to the champion. You have to fight Nakazawa first. And he just points at Nakazawa, yeah. like a, a very perplexed looking Nakazawa. <laughs> <laughs> you have to fight yeah. that. Fuck it, Nakazawa. You'll fight you. <laughs> so, what's interesting about that is that Eddie Kingston is not in the top five of the rankings. Yeah, at the at what? the moment. So the rankings at the moment are Hangman number one. Cassidy two, Moxley three, Pack four, and ten five. Yeah. Um. Interestingly, Pack's also undefeated in singles competition, but he's only four and zero. So yeah, that's he's, why been, he's, he's been stuck in the UK for, for a while, hasn't he? Um. Mm. So, so this isn't even a match. We're basically. Um, Eddie Kingston comes out, and Nakazawa's just literally sat in the ring on a chair on his laptop, like just doing some like spreadsheets or something. I don't know. Yeah. And um, Kingston's like, yeah, fuck this. This is stupid. I'm not doing this. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's it, just like the, beyond ridiculous. The, the line he comes out with is, I'm not doing this sports entertainment crap. Yeah. <laughs> so he comes in, he comes into the ring and he's like, yo, Kenny, what man, come out. So Kenny, does Kenny come out? Yeah, Kenny comes out and like, he's, he's talking to him and then Nakazawa clocks with the laptop, which works for about five seconds. Of surprise, beat down, and then yeah. Kingston just goes, ah, no, it's and just batters him. He backfists. Um, I love that Nakazawa goes for like a, a suplex on Kingston, like a back suplex, and Kingston just stops and starts elbowing him in the head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he just batters him. Um, so, so Kingston beats him down. He puts a chair on Nakazawa's ankle, and he's like, "Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm gonna break his ankle now." And um. Unless you give me, unless, unless you go in the ring right now, I'm going to break his ankle. And Kenny's like, I don't give a fuck about him. He knew the risks. <laughs> he's like, he's like, we got more goons. He's not the only goon. <laughs> like going like for like going for like Rita Repulsa. Like send up more putties. <laughs> so, um, he's like, get Brandon Cutler out here. That little, that like little with the fuck, <laughs> You can come and fight him. And, um, and then Brandon Cutler literally just like comes flying like onto the like flying out and lands like face for like proper. Cartoon style skids on the floor on his yeah. face, <laughs> but it turns out Moxie's just absolutely webbed him in the tunnel. <laughs> the thing is, why would Kenny not turn around? Because Moxley's there for a solid like ten seconds before Kenny just goes. I, ah, so my my theory behind that is that obviously Cutler's kind of like doing all this against his will, whereas mm-hmm. like Nakazawa's was doing it because he's a stooge. Cutler's doing it because the books are kind of like making him do it. I think Kenny yeah. thought the books would be. 
Cutler up and throwing him out there. Yeah, I think he could. That's what I thought initially. Yeah, I'm like, oh, why? I, was like, I was like, why is someone beating up? Why are they beating up Cutler already? Like, why are they beating up Cutler? Oh, maybe they're just like chucking him out there. Like, literally, they're literally throwing him, like, you know, hogtied and throwing him out down the ramp. Like, get the fuck down there, feeding him to King. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but so Moxley comes out, batters Kenny from behind. They take him down to the ring. Um, they beat up Kenny. Uh, Moxley puts him in the sleeper in the rear naked choke. As he's sort of passing out, Kingston puts the chair on his ankle. And like Don Callis, as soon as that chair touches his ankle, Don Callis just loses all of his chill. Yeah. Yeah. He jumps off like common Penny, is it? He's on? No, no, he's, no, just, stood, he's, just, he's just stood at the ramp, isn't he? He's stood at the top oh, of right. Kenny. Uh, well, that's his meal ticket, isn't it? So, you know, he's uh, he's literally seeing the money go up in smoke if, if um, Eddie mm. Kingston breaks Omega's ankle. And he's like, Especially because right, he's the champion of his company now as well. Yeah, exactly. Four belts, mate. Four belts. Um, and yeah, so basically, say, yeah, we're going to break his ankle unless we get Nakazawa and Moxley. No, Mo- Nakazawa and Kenny in a match with Moxley and Kingston next week. It's like, okay. Um, after a, a bit of um, a bit of screaming, <laughs> Don Callis agrees to the match. And so, uh, uploading us, we're going to be getting Nakazawa and Kenny Omega versus Eddie Kingston and John Moxley, and that will be fun. Uh, we're, we're not, though, are we? I mean, <laughs> something's gonna happen. I imagine there'll be some sort of fuckery somewhere, but yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah they'll, prob- they'll probably attack. Um, probably attack Mox and Kingston before the match or something. Well, Kingston has got um, other things to worry about, doesn't he? He's got so oh, Kingston Mox. He's got other things to worry about because he's he's got to defend his title. Yeah, that's on the twelfth. Yeah, that's the week after. Yeah, but what what if this what if this um. What if Nagata shows up next week and just batters Moxley? I mean, he probably will. Yeah, he won't. He won't. He won't beat the beating for the bell, but he'll beat the shit out of him. Make sure of that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've, I've just thought looking at the rankings, the way it, the way it's like kind of set out, the the way they could kind of get Kingston into that match without the rankings is if Moxley ends up number one. Maybe they could have Moxley give Kingston the shot because if Moxley gets taken out because Moxley's going to want to go away at some point when um, when he becomes a dad. Yeah, well, Renee's due soon, isn't she? I'd imagine so. Yeah, so the, the Moxley's probably going to want some time off at some point. So if Moxley gets taken out and like Kingston takes his spot, then you could sort of do it that way, couldn't you? Yeah. Mm. Um. So yeah. So next up we have. Um, a little, little quick, little quick backstage segment. Taz is talking about um, the. We're talking about a couple of things, but first of all, he wants to talk about Brian Cage beating Adam Page, which yeah, you know, fair play. It's a, it was a big win, and he's he's correct. And then he talks a bit about Christian. As soon as he says Christian's name, Christian magically just turns up. He's just he's been hiding off camera, waiting for his cue almost. Mad than it. Um, <laughs> Surely not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then, this so again, this really well the other week. Um, Christian and Taz obviously were both in WF slash WWE during the Edge era, and they play a bit mm. on that sort of history that they have again, which I think is a really nice touch. Yeah, they talk about like obviously Christian says how how he knew Taz back in the day when he was like he could like beat anyone basically and make it look easy, and then he said yeah you know you can't you, you said you can still talk the talk but you can't you can't do it anymore you can't walk the walk, and he said like I came back after seven years retired. And you can't, and I think, and he's like, yeah, you you can't come back, and I can. And I think you hate that, and that's why you've got all these like young up and comers 
because you you know you can't do it anymore, and so you want to be surrounded by people who can, so that when they make it big, you can you know take the credit. And yeah, he said that he's going to teach them all a lesson because he doesn't believe in win and loss. He believes winning or winning or losing, he believes in winning or learning. And that's what he says that when you lose, you learn something. And he said that by beating all the teams, Taz, he's going to teach them a lesson, and maybe they'll learn that they don't need Taz anymore. So maybe Christian's going to be the one to take down Team Taz. I'd be alright with that if that's if that's how Team Taz goes down. Mm-hmm. Possibly. It gives Christian something to do for the next like six months, doesn't it? When he gets his yeah. hands up. Yeah, so. I suppose. Do you think they're gonna take down Team Taz though, or do you think he's gonna um just like kind of get uh, Brian Cage out of Team Taz? I don't know. I think I think there'll come a point where they can break everyone but one person away from Taz, maybe. Hook. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd say I'd say the only person really who benefits having Taz with him is uh, Hobbs. Yeah, yeah. He's, the, he's the only guy who needs a mouthpiece. Yeah, and it's not even that he needs a mouthpiece; it's just like he's—you can tell he's like still learning. Yeah. Whereas, like, so, someone like Ricky Starks, he's like he—he he doesn't need a mouthpiece, and he's pretty much they, they could they could start pushing him tomorrow and make him like a believable like. Up a mid card guy in like a couple of months. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because he's he's just ready. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I think I think I don't. I mean, I don't know what the end game for Team Taz is. Um, I don't know how long it's going to run for. I don't know how it's going to end. I mean, I like to think it it explodes out in some way that Brian Cage. I think. I mean, I think all of them could. I mean, Hook. Is, I think Hook's a little. He's more of a peripheral sort of figure, isn't he? I don't think he's. Yeah, he hasn't had a match. Yet. He's not going to be. He's not going to be. He's like, yeah, he's like the rookie, isn't he? Yeah, he's not. He's just a. He's just like a. He's a mascot, basically, but not, not in like a derogatory sort of sense. You know, he is literally just—he's just there to like to sort of assist and help out. But I think I think I'd love to see a way where all three guys come out of it on their own trajectories, which I think is absolutely possible because they're all the three yeah. talented guys. Yeah, I mean, you look at like Stark, um, Starks, and Hobbs are like clearly like the future of the company. Yeah, yeah. Um, Brian Cage is probably going to be. Knocking on the main event door sooner or later, isn't he? I mean, I mean the problem with Cage is the problem with Cage. He's, he's so legitimate as an athlete and a performer that you just can't not put him in that bracket. Which you know, it, 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 look at every yeah. every promotion he's been in. He's won world titles. Did he in Lucha Underground? He beats. Who did he beat? He had that glove thing, didn't he? Yeah, it wasn't pen. Hang on, just talk about yourselves. Yeah, um, he had like the infinity gauntlet thing. I know that. Didn't think he had, he'd won the belt. Um, no, he definitely did. Hang on, August. Uh, very quickly, very professionally, with beauty of this. <laughs> um, I, um, I just need more from Christian, preferably. That's just a me thing, though. Go, is it? <laughs> All right, mate. All right, mate. Alright. Settle down. Settle down. Uh, well, he lost. He didn't say he won it off, but he lost it to Matanza. Maybe so he won it off. He, um, he did have the In my head, I had it. Penta but, lost it to Marty the Mark. Oh, no, sorry. He never, no, he, he was Gift of the Gods champion. Oh, and, he? and he had the ultimate opportunity, but he was never uh, world champion. I, I in, my, in my mind, he beat Johnny Mundo for it, but he must not have. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think I think either way he's gonna uh, 
he's, he's going to be in the main event picture probably by the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's one of them where he's he's My so mind. he's so threatening and so like capable and like believable that like not putting him in a main event makes the product look weird because like come and on, look, fucking no. look at him. How can he not be the best? Because look at the fucking size of him. And look what he can do. Yeah, yeah. Knowing knowing AEW as well, they probably had them had them do this win this week. So when Hangman does inevitably take that belt off Kenny. Cage is his automatic first contest, like first challenge. Yeah, because- they can sow the seeds. Like, well, I beat you, so therefore, you know, yeah. The little bit of long term storytelling, don't they? Yeah, and, and you know, Taz is Taz is fine. He doesn't need to be in t- team. Taz doesn't need to be a thing forever. He can, he can just go back on commentary whenever he, you know, just fade back to commentary, can't he? Which is not a problem. Mm. Um. Okay, so we'll move on to a bit of women's action. We have Chris Stratlander versus Penelope Ford. This is a obviously a sort of continuation of the feud they had during the Arcade Anarchy match where Statlander put Penelope Ford through a table. Um, and this was a really good match. It was really fun. Yeah. At, at the very beginning, very, very stiff forearms. Yeah. At, the very, at the beginning, just the two of them just leathering each other. Like, holy shit. How okay. right, how is how has Chris Statlander got so much better when she's not wrestled in ages? I know. <laughs> She's I mean, always. She's never. She's she was never. She, she, she was. She, yeah. She was never bad, but she's gone up a level since she's yeah, come back. She's, she's clearly been doing a lot of work to get back, like to ring shape, hasn't she? But she doesn't look like she's been out for like a year or six months or whatever. She looks yeah. like she, she looks. She's not Mr. Beast. It's ridiculous. And like I said, she everything she does now looks so tight and so smooth. Um. Yeah, I think she's. She's. I mean, the. the she wins this match, they're obviously gonna push it quite hard. No. I think she's destined for the for the upper echelons of the women's division. She she was already there. Like she was already near the top. There was like, wasn't there talk of um uh, taking the belt off Nyla. That before that, she yeah. got it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I mean loads of good stuff in this match. Um yeah, starting to hit a solar eclipse, which is really nice. Um, uh, J- JR being a creep though during this match, Penelope's never looked better, figuratively and literally. I mean, I was I was literally getting flashbacks to like the Annie, the Annie Jane's and well, this match was on. I was commenting, and it was not not in a good way. Like, oh no, mate. not again, not again. It's just, it's, oh. This is this is because during the week I thought about Jerry Lawler and now JR's gone all pervy again. <laughs> I made this happen. Um, what, what if, what if, um, what if Jr. like he's got one of those like masks from Mission Impossible Two? He rips it off, and it was Jerry Lawler. All along. It was Jerry Lawler the whole time. He's got, he's got the face. He's got the face changer. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Chris, um, Chris Statlander hits the Big Bang Theory for the win. Um, yeah, really good match. They, they give it a good bit of time as well. Went like nine minutes. Um, oh yeah, on the win as well. Kip goes to help Penelope, but Orange just grabs his leg and just like nah, mate. Just come back, then. Just chill. Come on. Respect to Orange. Orange is out as well at this match, and he, he's sell, he's selling like the effects of the Penta match like throughout the entire match. Yeah. Which is. Which Did you is see him? Nice. Did you see the side of his face? <laughs> it looked like he'd been a match of Pentagon, mate. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He had like all red marks up the side of his face, like from being slapped. Like, Jesus. <laughs> it's after this we get like a very um very quick, very nice little promo about ten, talking about. Um, why the TNT title means so much to him in regards to like its importance with Brody Lee and how you know Brody. It, it's just so weird. I mean, it's not weird. It's cool. It's almost like the storyline and like real life 
are like incredibly synchronized on it. So like ten was was in store and he was handpicked by Brody to be like the next like big thing in the Dark Order. But it seems like in real life, like Brody actually did have a special interest in him and was really quite um quite you know, quite important behind him actually getting into AW. Yeah. I think well, yeah, like handpick on. So. Yeah, I know um, the ring jacket. It was Brody's, wasn't it? And Brody got it like retailed for ten. Yeah. Um, awesome. And yeah, this is just a really nice little. I don't know, thirty second promo, like really nice, sort of quite emotional, about him talking about how he'll always consider the TNT title to be the most important title in the company because of its association with Brody. And like you know, it was it was just it was just lovely. It was just it, I mean, he is he is ten is somehow like the biggest white meat baby face in AEW, you know, and it's yeah, <laughs> it's mad. <laughs> it's great, but it's mad. <laughs> Yeah, it's really cool. He's um, improved so much as well, hasn't he? Like, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it with the match. Oh but, yeah, we'll get we'll get into his match later. Me, um, like the last year, he's like got so good. Yeah, my only issue with Ten is his Twitter game. He just likes and tweets something. He tweets it. Anyone that comments on, you get a free like out of it. Basically, he liked that. He liked that tweet last night. His Q and A is a baller, by the way. Though I love his I love his Twitter Q and A's. You'll you'll stand for anything. It's great. Um, so speaking of anything, this is certainly anything. <laughs> this is what I'm I'm going to assume right now is probably Jay's um, low of the week. <laughs> that mate. I'm um, talking about the Nightmare Family versus the Factory in trios action. Oh. Do you mean um? Do you mean Team Sega? <laughs> I like the Team logo. Marshall wearing the Sega blue. Throwing up here. It's in the game, mate. <laughs> the factory logo with the Sega. The um, factory logo. To- Tony Khan's had to buy Sega to, um, to get this post copyright. <laughs> Matter of time, yeah. mate. Uh, I, so, I yeah. assume they haven't wrestled on Dark or that, that this is like New Year. Um, pass. I couldn't tell. Uh, I, could, I, I mean, if it's, if it's New Year, like, they've put a great deal of work into it, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. Blue team Marshall. Blue yeah, so this is this is this is, this is the family of the factory. This is the team of um, Dustin Rhodes, Billy Gunn, who's still Billy Gunn. That's good to see. Uh, I, Lee I Johnson. Have a lot of respect to Billy Gunn having his ribs taped after one punch. Yeah, really selling that. Uh, so it's those three guys versus um, it's Cutie Marshall. Interestingly, it's Cutie Marshall wrestling and Anthony Agogo not wrestling. Yeah. yeah. So just just in case anyone's not aware who the real like star of the faction is, it's the guy who's not in the throwaway trios match on Dynamite. Mad. It's not, know, this this match, the whole purpose is match was to like make Nick Comrade look like a star. I thought. Yeah, he did. I mean, I, I don't think this was the greatest match in Dynamite history. I mean, I didn't hate it. If, but... I didn't hate it. Um, it was better than like, it was better than QT and Billy last week. Like I said to you last week, though, Jay, this is like this is the hard yards. This is like the the slogging in the trenches we've got to do to like to build these guys. Like we can't just like we can't fucking... we can't just. It's like the homework. This is like you know, it's the unpleasant thing you need to. It's this is this is the, the hours of practice that you need to get good. We need to, you can't just say oh Nick Amaral's top guy or Nick Ogo's top guy. You need to have like yeah the, the sort of throwaway matches. They need to build the repertoire. Don't they? they need to build the you know build the base. And it's not the most compelling thing to watch sometimes, especially on a, a show that's really well paced like this one was. Um, and but it was but it was fine. Um, I think you can do a hell of a lot worse than let Nick Comarato throw Dustin Rhodes around for ten minutes. Yeah, a lot was going on. 
he, he came, as I say, he came out with this looking like a real like threat as well. So, yeah, and and he, it was really clever. Like they did a, a Q, I think QT Marshall is, I think he's underrated um, as a as an in ring talent. I don't think he's the next Shawn Michaels. I don't think he's ever going to have a five star match, but I think he's a perfectly serviceable wrestling talent. He's a good pair of hands. Yeah. He's a good pair of hands, well, yeah. Just what you want to hear. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I'm fine. a good pair of hands. Not everyone, like, you know, just if, you, if, you, if every match you have is a three-star match, then I think that's a better career than most can ever manage. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying every match QT Marshall has a three-star match, don't get me wrong. That is not what I'm trying to say here. But, um, you know, I think there's there's, some, there's there's a lot to be said about just being consistently all right. I think I think it, it means you're a, a very valuable guy. I mean, Dolph Ziggler's made a career off, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, this this match is sort of this match sort of just yeah, just sort of plods along, and it's it's I mean it's not fast paced trios action. It's just like Aaron says, a lot a lot happens, but nothing happens particularly quickly. Yeah, that's it. It was an okay match. I think I zoned out for a couple of minutes. I was watching it. But nothing was going in. I missed like, some of this match because I got excited that Speedball Mike Bailey was on um, the AW Twitch Among Us game, and I started looking on Twitter to see any more links about Mike Bailey maybe coming to, to AW. So I got a little it's distracted. The second time he's been on it as well. Yeah, so that that, that, that sort of occupied my brain for most of this match. I'm not going to lie to you, <laughs> <laughs> but, but worth pointing out because it, it, it becomes relevant. Um, it's more of the finish than anything else. The, the factory come to the ring in Cody's. Nightmare family bus. Yeah. Which, which is the nightmare, pro- nightmare family that, proves that uh, Cody um pays attention to our tweets after uh, after we tweeted them about what you should paint the uh, truck the uh his bus with and I uh, sent him a picture of the Lex Express yes. with a uh, cro- Lex crossed out nightmare on it. But, so basically, does this mean that Cutie Marshall has like robbed the keys from Cody? Has he been like sticking a magnet through Cody's letterbox to fish his keys from the little? I the little see. I, I I think it's more a case of Cutie Marshall sold Cody that like that bus from his used car lot, and he's kept and, his uh, keys. He, and he was just he kept a spare set of keys. He's just delivering it to Cody, like a good used car guy. Um, <laughs> I mean, the commission on the through the roof, mate. He's making bank. <laughs> yeah, no wonder his wife looked so happy when he, she was in the crowd the other week. He probably sold him. He probably sold him the five-year warranty and everything. Got got the full package. Got all the um, got all yeah, his bonuses. Got all, added all the extras to it. Air conditioning. Yeah. Got all the appliances in there. He's you know, that, done a really that, good that, job. That, that bullshit thing they put on your tires to stop them like blowing up, wasn't it? You know, yeah. <laughs> the upholstery. Yeah. You know, the upholstery condition and everything. You know, he's just to the cleaners. He got custom nightmare family upholstery. Every uh, <laughs> every seat in, every, every seat has got a shit neck tattoo. <laughs> uh, don't you worry, Cutie Marshall's done the fucking work there. Yeah, he's, he's getting a he's getting a bare bonus at the end of the month for that one. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, the matches the matches kind of just there. Um, basically, Gogo just comes in and webs everyone, and then Cutie pins someone. I can't even tell you who he pinned. I forgot. Uh, it was Lee uh, Marshall, and he pinned them off Lee. off the liver punch. Yeah, Lee Johnson. Yeah, big shotty. Yeah, basically, if the finish is this, he just to go, he just comes to the ring and punches everyone else, and then QT just goes, "Oh, you're the legal man," and just pins him. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. So the factory win, and then afterwards, um, it goes a bit wrong. Like they're trying to do a beatdown, don't they? And like, um, but well, as they as they're celebrating, Nick Camarado goes in and just decks him. Dustin with like the cowbell from the oh, yeah. um, from the ball rope. I'm I'm guessing we're probably gonna get Nick Comrado versus Dustin in a ball rope match. I mean that seems the way they're building it, doesn't it? Yeah. Um yeah. so then as as the as the chaos is sort of just exploding out of the ring at post match, QT just does a bit of a runner up to the bus. Well, so he, he they walk off celebrating and QT like sends the boys to the back and as as they go and he stays on the stage celebrating for some reason. And then the gun club attack him. Yeah, and that's then, right. Then Solo and Comrade will come and make the save. God, you can really tell I didn't pay attention to the second, can you? <laughs> I, 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 I watched it twice because I watched it when I got in last night and then, like, I caught the end of Dynamite and then I watched it. <laughs> this morning it. was like, I had a horrible dream. Yeah, <laughs> oh, and I, I, I thought of, I thought <laughs> of that, like, a horrible drunken dream and turned out, you know, this actually happened on Dynamite. Um... <laughs> And yeah, then QT kind of like runs off to the bus to get on the, for some reason, trying to get on the bus, even though he was going to leave through the back. Oh, I, I, but it's fine though, because there's, there's nobody hiding there. behind the clear glass door of the bus. No, you couldn't see <laughs> a head with bleach blonde hair at all. No. I love, the, I love Tony's, Tony's reaction going, <laughs> you can see there's somebody there through the window. <laughs> In his head, don't Cody, know like fucking, in his head, Cody's like Triple H when like he's doing something cool like that. Cody's like fucking in it, no, in Cody's head, kind of there. He's like fucking solid snake. Yes. <laughs> Cody's head. That's like the that's his version of Triple H doing the home invasion on Randy Orton. Oh so yeah, so a wild Cody appears. <laughs> he steps off the bus again. Oh, they 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 love this. I hate it so much. Where like. They, they have Cody off TV for three weeks and they do, like, we. I'd said the same thing about Charlotte Flair, WWE are really guilty of doing it with her, with, like, they'll have, the, they'll have them off TV for, like, three weeks and they'll act like them coming back. It's, like, this huge deal. It's, like, been gone for three weeks. Like, it's like Undertaker coming back at Judgment Day as Biker Taker. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> Biker mean... Cody. Jeans Cody. I mean, he got, ah. he, got, he got punched once, like Billy Gunn did. You know, it's... Billy Gunn was there ah, next I... week with a bit of tape on his ribs. So. I'm I'm gonna stick up for him a little bit because minus Antonio Gogo, I don't really care for this six men in this match. The fact that Cody's appeared, I like Camarazo. The fact that Cody's appeared and is now a part of this, he was anyway, but obviously he wasn't. He's not been here for three weeks. Now that he's back, he's going to be in promos and fighting QT. Like, I'm but he's looking, fighting QT next week, isn't he? That's, that's, he's that's, fighting QT next week. I'm looking forward to it because as much as we give Cody shit, he is good at yeah. in ring and on the mic. Like he's got that star power for QT, Anthony Agogo, and. Do you think Nick he's going to do the jail beat to QT? No, is he fuck? Oh. QT, QT will be QT is the altar on which they will sacrifice to push Anthony Agogo, and that's the way it should be. Yeah. I'm all for that. Um, so yeah, so so one thing I need to ask, so empirically, um, scientifically, you know how like certain things in wrestling like enhance the ability. So like when Kurt Angle takes his straps down, it makes all the moves hurt more. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Right, what's the modifier for if you do a figure four on top of a bus? Um, I mean... Does that make it hurt more? I, <laughs> I, why, I, is there I, a ref- why is Aubrey Edwards up there? Like, I don't yeah, understand why, why did To QT register the tap out. Why did QT run up? To, I don't even. We don't even know how they got there. Cause what, 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 was QT, what was QT's uh, end game? There was, a ladder, there was a ladder on the. There, there was a ladder on the back of the. Uh, where, where was he going? There was no other way down. What did he think this was going like, to happen? This is like an indie fucking scaffold match where there's no point in them going up the scaffold at all. He's in. Right, he's, in well. he's in a car park, trying to run away from Cody. So he runs up a bus. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, my theory behind the the reason he did the crossroad, the reason he did the figure four on top, was because Cody didn't want to do any other move on that fucking bus. Yeah, because they would have died. He, he didn't <laughs> want to. He didn't want to do a crossroads because he had like the like the the bumpy bits, didn't they, on top for like the, the, the skylights, the, the, the little air conditioning units and the skylights. Yeah. Yeah. So if he had if he had done a crossroads, he would have probably like seriously hurt them. So the only thing he could have really done was a figure four. Yeah. And. It looked kind of shit. Yeah, because you have to be very careful of where he put both of them. So you have to like sit down yeah. like, very, very slow. I, so he didn't like. Yeah, I would have. I would have put more if QT had have, like reversed it and kicked Cody off of like off the bus. I love. I one thing I did like, and I he could have put a crash mat on the other side. That bus. Was, they could have, like, and I've like and QT kicked Cody off. One thing I did like though was the way they got like the crowd from round ringside to come up to the side of the bus as they were fighting. Yeah, yeah. It made it, it gave it a really weird vibe, like it was some sort of like backyard wrestling festival. <laughs> it all was like rocked up to see some mad shit. It was just like, yeah, okay. And Aubrey was in the crowd just shouting, <laughs> "Stop that, it! What are you doing?" Mental. So yeah, that was a that was a thing, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I think it, maybe, maybe we all just collectively had a fever dream, and it didn't really happen. Uh, so yeah, then it was yeah. announced. Um, it was announced that in two weeks' time, John Moxley will defend the IWGP United States title against Yuji Nagata on AEW Dynamite in America. Oh. I mean, that's what a just, what a what a thing that is. Jesus just Christ. when you thought that the uh, just when you thought the forbidden door was like creaking shut, yeah, Yuji Nagata fucking just <laughs> the fucker open, hoops it off its hinges. <laughs> The thing is, see on Twitter, folk were going absolutely nuts about this, like, in a bad way. In a bad way? In a bad way, because they're like, oh, so why why are they, like, representing all these, like, other other, um, shows' titles and that obviously Kenny and the Impact titles and shit as well? It's like, well, it's not the first time they've done it. Kenny's defended the mega championship. I mean, the NWA women's title defended, like, more than the fucking AEW women's title, yeah. like yeah. last year. And I mean, Mo- as, a, as a company, they have they have two singles belts, two male singles belts. You know, they yeah. need to. They need, it's nice to have a bit of variety. And um, Moxley has defended that US title before on the show, I believe. Kenta, was it not? No, that was on. Um, no, that was on. Um, yeah, that was. No, on. he's defended the title against someone on AEW. He has, and uh, he's just entered with it. Uh in the in the match in the match I know what you're thinking it's the the match that it was him and Archie versus Kenzer and Kenny oh the box entered with the uh, belt tag yeah. match oh that's not a tag match it was the you know, match yeah, yeah. He's a, he, either way he's acknowledged the belt on 
AEW yeah. television before. Well, Ken's repeated the challenge for it, didn't he? On AEW. So. Mm. Uh, just to say, everyone on Twitter, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna, this is gonna yeah, be brilliant. I, this, is, this is good, and I like it, and it's gonna be. Yeah, fun. I, I think it's, I think it's brilliant because it means that, um, it it means they're actually trying to, like, kind of continue the relationship. Yeah, I mean, I, I can, I can see why people are, like complaining because it's like, it's Eugene Nagata because it's like, yeah. as much as cool as it is, because he's like. A fucking legend. I, I I think people were like half expecting it to be like a Bushi or Osprey or Tanahashi or Okada. But if you've actually watched uh Yuji Nagata match, even this year, like I his match, well, with, his match with Kenta at Wrestle Kingdom was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I mean dude dude on bangers all last year, to be fair. Yeah. So. yeah. He he never has a bad match at all. Also, there was a really cool uh, stat going around that um, it just just over twenty years to the day that he's wrestling Moxley for the IWGP US title. He wrestled on Nitro against um, Dean Malenko for the WCW US title. Yeah, so he's, yeah. he's wrestled on TNT before, and it's great to have him back on on a different bit of promotion. Anyway, speaking of special relationships and um, pain, um, next up we have poor sweet Kip Sabian who's going to check on his good friend Miro. And he's fine. Nothing's going to happen. He's fine. He's just going to have a little chat to him and they're going to have a nice time. And oh, Jesus, Lord, the murder happens. I I love this. I thought this was fucking incredible. Yeah. Because it literally... You knew it was coming as well. You knew it was coming. The only person who didn't know it was coming was Kip. (laughs) Yeah. But it was the fact... It was the fact that, like, Kip goes in and it was kind of uncomfortable for, like, a couple of seconds, yeah, where nothing happened, and then Miro just went murder on him. So, um, if you haven't seen this, the, the best way to describe it is basically Miro uses Kip Sabian to beat a locker room in a submission. <laughs> <laughs> Miro makes Kip understand, like he absolutely yeah. annihilates him, and like Kip is just all throughout this. Kip is just like crying and pleading for his life, basically. Uh, yeah. Miro literally just states it's time to pay your dues <laughs> and throws, throws an apple at him and then just yeah. beats the page out of him yeah he threw him into like a garage door didn't he, he wrapped a chain around his face at one point um, like, he, threw, threw, he threw, threw him into a garage door repeatedly threw into three different lockers yeah <laughs> then punched, and then he punched them in a locker at one point, and then that, the noise out of it was horrible. Yeah, and then he like it sounded like Miro's fist had gone through him and hit the wood behind him. <laughs> then he like legitimately slammed his arm in a door. Yeah, yeah. And then Kip's like just sat there crying, holding his like now presumably broken wrist. Oh, and then <laughs> shout out, shout out to Miro, who at this point just has become the fake turn. <laughs> yeah, he's very dark, isn't he? He's just totally. I mean. At least, at least his, ta- his fake tan looked like tan. We'll get on that in a bit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was the fact that he like sat like on the floor, like cradling Kip and kissed him on the head and said, I forgive you. That <laughs> yeah. was just so dark. Just, just I was the, like, just the, the broken body of Kip Sabian. Jesus Christ. This was, yeah. Um, yeah. It was. Well, I, lo- I love the fact as well that Miro, like when he was shouting, he was basically. He basically blamed Kip for him falling down the rankings because of Arcade Anarchy. Yeah. 
said which that Kip, really... Kip, Kip, Kip was trying to deny, deny him his destiny. Yeah, which was really good because it was just like, well, yeah, that, that kind of justifies everything Miro's done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about like the last few weeks how this direction for Miro has been really cool and something we wanted to see, obviously, since he came into the company. And again, I'll, I'll play, I'll play, I'll play the rules. Like you, you couldn't have had this scene without the previous booking. So, like, all right, we, we were all a bit perplexed about like the gaming character, and it was a bit weird. But you couldn't have scary psycho killer Miro without like kind of weird jokey Miro, like to begin with. Yeah, you can just instantly go raw. Yeah, I think as well. Like when you look at you look at the way he was booked, like the last couple of months in WWE, and he was like like very light hearted, and he was very like man of the people, jokes the Miro or Rusev rather. You couldn't have then took him from that and put him on AW as a, like a killer, basically. Yeah, because no one knows it. Yeah, you had to kind of like. Make him base basically why everyone enjoyed him in the first place as a baby face, but obviously, he wasn't a baby face, he was here. But yeah. you had to use that to kind of then slowly unravel to this. And now it's like, okay, yeah, I'm excited where they're going with Miro now. Yeah, so good times. Uh, sorry, kid, I hope your arm's not too bad. For what it's worth, it looked really cool, it sounded really horrible. And it- sure even though it probably hurts like fuck i'm sure it was worth it the, the thing is as well though is like i don't think they're gonna turn kip face but if they wanted to they've they've got him in like the position where he could be a really good sympathetic sympathetic baby face now yeah with like the whole him like being terrified of miro I'd love it if he could yeah. say if he's all gimmick just every now and then Miro just turned up and murdered him. <laughs> like, <and> just <laughs> left, him, left him broken. Just, just a backstage interview. Oh, Kip, what are you going to do today? Miro just comes and throws all him right. through the wall. All right. It's just he gets his wrist broken, it heals, he comes back. How, how are you feeling on your first like, week back, Kip? And then Miro just kills him again. And just, again. Over and over and over again. <laughs> It, 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 it's like yeah, that, that thing in the rest of the belt with the fella who like gets his arm cut off and then he's like and that's why you shouldn't smoke <laughs> <laughs> just have that but every every time it ends with like Kip getting his arm put in the door and broken again uh, right so we'll crack on to the main event now um, so this is our third in a row of this is the, the, the final part of the trilogy of Darby Allen's TNT title defences in the main event of Dynamite Oh, you, you think it's well, it is a final because next week, aye, okay, yeah, this, this more, isn't it? Um, it's been the last three weeks, the main event, yeah. When was the silver a week apart? It was, it was not the week before Hardy, I can tell you that, yeah. okay. Um, and if Darby wins this, he ties the record for title defenses with Cody's nine, with nine, yeah, yeah. Um, so despite Cody Rhodes furiously trying to rebook this backstage <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so this is the, of course Darby Allen versus 10 or Preston Vance number 10 of the Dark Order um, yeah really good match solid match um, uh, just instantly like there's shoulder tackles everywhere one of them makes Darby do a spiral tap to the air yeah 
freestyle. We do it like a, do like a literal like triple flip. <laughs> yeah, I mean, credit to Derby man. He he sold this offense like it was ending his life. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I mean, I didn't think Ten had a chance in this match, obviously because of his sort of standing and his sort of like you know yeah. history until he locked in before Nelson and, uh, the the the, the, yeah. the hurt like, oh, I, yeah that full Nelson uh, it was like oh how are they getting out of this okay when he started uh, dragging him extreme. and it's like you just see Darby go like full limp and you're like oh really are they are they doing it <laughs> yeah because they were talking about how Cody was doing well with his defences week after week until he got to Brody Lee, and then he was just fucked, basically. Well, they, they, like, they talked. They, well, they said they said they said the same things. They talked about like the cumulative effect of like having these matches, these big, long, brutal matches, week after week after week. And like obviously, Brody was Brody overpowered Cody and beat him fairly. But at the same time, they talked about like how constantly having these open challenges sort of wore Cody down. His resistance, and he wasn't you know fighting fitness when he when he took on Brody. A um, couple of really really lovely things in this match. Um, like you want, you said before, Jay, about ten and his um, his improvements over the last couple of months. Jesus Christ, he had some great moves in this match, like really, really good stuff. Um, that like wheelbarrow rebound, Germany did was incredible. Oh, that was insane. Yeah, so he hits like he has like Derby and like a wheelbarrow, and then he just like smacks him like chest first on the top rope, and then he just hit the German suplex. Um, he hits a, a sort of very MMA style. Um, something he still rampage Jackson did quite a lot back in the day in MMA. Um, so Darby tried to put an armbar on him and he just picked him up one handed and power and power slam powerbombed him, which was yeah ridiculous. Um the power was was I mean Darby weighs about six stone, but you know, fuck me. Still <laughs> still impressive. Uh Darby Darby goes for a lot of submission moves in this match as well, which is something I've not you've not seen him do too much. Obviously he's working on a, a very sort of different sort of problem in that ten is fucking enormous and Darby isn't. <laughs> so Darby has to sort of, you know, work around the size disadvantage. Um, a lot of goes for like a lot of food, like arm bars, um, stuff like that. Trying to keep them yeah, it's, it's Darby trying to use his speed to wear them down with submissions, whereas Ten's just big, strong, scary. Yeah, and every time he gets hold of Darby, it's just like, oh god, one big move, just end this because <laughs> it's like yeah. ragdolls them. <laughs> And, and Darby does a lot of um, a lot of hand manipulation. So obviously he's aware of the of the. So on dark, um, tends to win a lot of matches with a with a full Nelson, um, like master lock, whatever you want to call it, hurt lock. Um, and so Darby's concentrating a lot on his hands, um, like stamping on his hands a lot. He actually there's a really cool spot where he's, he stands on his hand on the top turnbuckle. Yeah, which yeah. is pretty cool. I'm not I'm not I've not seen that before. That was that was quite nice. Um, so yeah, he sort of stands on his hand and then sort of kicks him till he, till he falls off the off the side of the apron and lands on the floor and then he dives onto him and five. Um, so this is a bit weird. Um, so at, oh, five comes round to like sort of check on ten and Darby dives onto them both, and then like Stu comes to, like pick up five and make sure he's all right. And then Sting gets really angry that that like the Dark Order are picking each other off the floor and like sort of chases yeah. them back around the ring. Because comment, commentary even state like, oh, Sting's just making sure that it's one on one and it's fair. And it's well, the, like, dark ah. fa- the Dark Order of Faces, they weren't going to. Uh, yeah. They weren't going to do any shit like that. They're like the biggest baby faces in the company. 
they are the biggest faces in the company. Yeah, <laughs> they're like the most, like the most white meat baby faces, like in the entire company. <laughs> <laughs> so they're not going to cheat. Like look at Stu Grayson, look at his little face. He's going to cheat. <laughs> uh, they used to have they used to have spooky pervert creepers, but that that's, that was back in the day, man. That's gone now. Um. So as all this is happening, and this is this is kind of, so yeah, as all this is happening, um, Ethan Page runs out, and Darby's on the outside. He slams Darby into the ring post, throws him back in the ring, and then this is just before the end. Um, the wheelbarrow German, so Tank gets back in, yeah, and he's like, he, they, they sell it really well. So he's like, he points at like Darby, and he's like, well, what's going on here? And he points at like, the Dark Order, and he's like, did did you do that? For like Uno and Stu on the other side of the ring, and he sort of like hesitates a bit, and he doesn't like he doesn't really want to want to take advantage. Um. So then, after the wheelbarrow German, he tries for the four Nelson, and then Darby gets he gets Darby like a bear hug. Like Darby like counters out the four Nelson, gets him a bear hug, and Darby rips his mask and gouges him in the eyes. So you know, yeah, who's, who, who's the face now, Sting? <laughs> but Darby's been more and more like heelish, hasn't he? Like in recent weeks, like, I don't think I don't think or, it's heelish. I think it's just desperation. I think yeah, it's it's to the point where he wants to hold that belt by any means necessary. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so as as he yeah, rips the masks at ten lets him go, and then 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 he manages to lock in. He manages to lock in the four Nelson. And like I said, I it was a split second where I thought, Jesus Christ, are they really, are they gonna the do fact, this? The fact Darby's little leggies were barely touching the floor that whole time. <laughs> he was just he was. I mean, we say he was ragdolling them, but he really was. He was ragdolling. <laughs> he was dragging them all over the place. Um, and Darby looked like he was out. He looked like he was. He sold it really well. He looked like he was absolutely out. And then he sort of goes to the corner and Darby managed to push off the turnbuckle. And it was it was really cool what he did. So as, as he comes down... He did, the, he did the uh, Bret Hart Piper finish, didn't he? Yeah, but as they come down, Darby like grabs Ten's legs and like leans back and puts a bit, a bit more pressure on the shoulders. Yeah. So he doesn't just use his weight. He also gets like leverage off his legs as well, which is quite cool. I only noticed that like when, when I saw the replay. I was like, oh, that makes, yeah. really, that makes sense. And he sort of jackknives him and um, he, gets, he gets the pin. Um, and yeah, I really, I really enjoyed this match. Um, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed 10 as, as, a, as a, a singles competitor. And Derby's always good, good value in it. So, you know, you always get. Always I think get. 10 came out of this looking like a star. Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. Really, um, really looking like a star. This is now, is it the, the is it three Dynamites he's main evented now? Four. Yeah. Four. Who Darby? No, um, ten. Ten. Oh, um, there was this one. Bigger? There was this one. There was the match for the qualifying match for the. Was that? No, that wasn't. Was that main event? The qualifying match for the. Um... No, it wasn't. I said it's two. Then so it's, it's this. It's, it's someone this. cost. Someone cost them the match with Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy, yeah. And then. Um, so there was this. Like, the... There was this he and the Brody after an attack, Matt Hardy. That's right. There was this and there was the Brody Lee um, celebration of life with the two yeah. Dan he's headline. Yeah, two mm-hmm. you know two um, two main events for a, a guy who's barely into his career and has all, he's got a long way to go in terms. Of- I think I think he, it's safe to say he's probably going to be a future AEW champion. In all the all, really? the, all, all the pieces are there. I mean, he looks. I mean, he, he looks fantastic. Mm. Like he's getting better every time you see him. His move set looks. Legit, like he had some. I mean, I know Darby, Darby's a great opponent for him because he literally weighs nothing and he can throw him to infinity, which is fantastic. It makes him look like a million bucks. 
Um, Derby as well. You know, you got to give Derby credit. This is they put a lot on in, in three weeks in these last three weeks. You know, three big title defenses, one after the other, and three completely different types of matches as well. And he's excelled in all three. Yeah. I feel I feel like the trying to the story they're trying to tell with Derby is that the more he's put himself through in these matches because they've all been really intense matches, and he's obviously slowly and surely had to kind of resort to more um, like desperate means to kind of win each yeah. week. Like he he scraped he scraped by this week. I think that's like the story they're telling of Derby. He's basically gonna like run himself into the ground with this belt. And then, like, Bane, Mirror's going to turn up and fucking break him. Yeah. <laughs> and Darby's going to come up with Pentagon's uh, Batman mask on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's going to be... Um, he's going to meet his... Obviously, he's going to he's gonna get to that bridge too far at some point. And that's all that... Yeah, like you said, I think that's the story they're going for. Is that he's, he's literally just... And it's like it's almost like... Because they've always said that he's got that self-destructive streak, hasn't he? He's a daredevil. He like he likes to be put himself in danger, and he's doing it now in his in his wrestling career. He's, he's continuously taking on more and more challenges in his matches, and yeah, he's going to get to that one point, the match that he's not going to be able to, that one guy he's not going to be able to overcome, that one like you know opponent who, who has his number. Um, speaking of which, who, who could it be next? Um, well, you've already seen Ethan Page uh, interfere in the end of the match. After the match, Ethan Page reappears and sort of taunts Darby from the outside. Oh, after the match, there's a really nice moment where they uh, press fans uh, helps him up, helps Darby up, and they they sort of like share a look. And then uh, Darby takes Ten's Brody Lee armband off and holds it up, and then they hug. And it's it's really nice, you know. It's because uh, you know you, you can't you can't get away from the fact that um, Brody Lee is always going to be associated with the TNT title. I think you know it was. It was the last match he had was a TNT title match. It's always yeah, he's always but, gonna be and it's it's great that they, they don't shy away from, from acknowledging that and you know they keep it going yeah. forward. They keep the in, in the program they keep they, they're not afraid to like to say his name and to, to keep him in the in the forefront of people's minds, which I think is really nice. Yeah, as as well with um with like uh this that like obviously Derby being like a fighting champion. That's kind of what they were doing with Brody, where they had them like defend that belt every week against somebody. Yeah. Um, and obviously, that was what that was why they like what they were gonna like going for with that belt in general because they had Cody doing the same thing. But it's cool that they're kind of doing it in a, a way now that Darby's like giving the Dark Order the chance, all like members of the Dark Order a chance to take the belts off him because. Well, he said, obviously, he said the reason, Brody, the reason like, that John Silver got the shot was because it was Brody's title and he wanted to give them the first crack. But then, so the reason for this one was apparently he said that because John hurt his shoulder during the match, he didn't consider it a fair defence. Mm. So he wanted to give them another another member of the Dark Order a chance to, to have a shot against him, which was, yeah, which was pretty cool. So anyway, after the match, Ethan Page is out making a noose himself on the outside. Darby's, like, staring him down. How was, orange were Ethan Page's legs? I don't know, to be honest. They were fucking like glowing orange. <laughs> Look like you've been using Tango's fake tan. Uh, so, as, as that's happening, um, Scorpio Sky comes in from the other side and takes Sting out with the chop lock and sort of starts beating on him. Ethan Page jumps in, starts attacking Darby. Um, Sky hooks the, the heel hook on Sting. Scorpio's got Darby and like kind of like a little cross face sort of thing, just making him watch as like Sting screams pain. And then uh, Lance Archer runs off to make the save uh, with with ten as well. It comes out with him, um, and they chase yeah. off the heels. So yeah, a lot of lot of moving parts in the 
in the in that whole sort of scene. TNT title picture, it doesn't, it's not very, um, it's not very firm in that there's there's no like. We, well, obviously, we all have an idea of how the main events and the AEW titles that are going to progress over the next sort of six to twelve months. The TNT title seems a lot more fluid, but in a really good, exciting way. Well, it, it's because there's not. It's, I wouldn't say it's a rankings. It's more because usually the champion defends it most weeks anyway. Mm. You're never so, going to get. Well, Darby's obviously burning through challenges a lot quicker than Kenny is with it's, the way he's defending his title, which which is really exciting because it feels like anyone could be next and anything could happen, which, you know, is, is, is quite compelling. I was saying, when Darby did have a storyline with um, Team Taz, he gave, what, Starks a shot and Hobbs a shot? Yeah. And, and but Cage. that was... That was and Cage, Cage that, well. that was over, what, say, an eight-week period? So it slowed down a bit, but at least they gave him a storyline. But I like it how so it's either one or the other. Well, how they're doing it now is 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 good as well because they've, they've got a storyline. Because Paige and Scorpius guy have been sort of harassing Sting and Darby for a few weeks now, but at the same time he's still been having like unconnected title defenses against other people. So he's still been defending his title against random, like, not random people, but like against other competitors. But they've kept this thread of like Ethan Page and Scorpius guy being uh, like an annoyance throughout the entire process. Yeah. yeah. Interestingly, um, other than Matt Hardy, every time like someone's faced Derby, um, well, I rather I should say every time someone's faced Derby in the last two weeks, uh, so I'm guessing that's like kind of the thread they're going forward with. They've it's been somebody who's been in the top five of uh, rankings. Yeah. Not number not number one, but like. Like Jungle Boy was foot was uh, third or fourth, and then yeah, ten was fifth. So it'll be intriguing to see what they do next. I don't don't think it'll be packed because he's busy with the uh, with best friends. Yeah, but, yeah, but it's it's certainly it's it, it's it's certainly a different dynamic to the AEW title uh, in a good way. It, it feels completely different in the way the way they sort of construct the, the feuds and then sort of the, the list of challenges. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's doing everything for the second that I should do, quite frankly, which is which is good to see. Yeah. Uh, right, we've rambled on long enough. Let's wrap this up with some highs and lows, gentlemen. Uh, we'll go to you, Aaron, first. What were your highs and lows, please, sir? Uh, my high will be not that match because you want to use it for a pen on Cassidy. I really enjoyed the match. I thought it was great fun. Okay. I. I Totally forgot it was going to happen. Dinix. Well, it's Ken, Kenta. Fuck's sake. Aaron, Ponglish. Penta and Cassidy. So I was, as soon as the match was on my screen, I was like, oh, hi, this is happening. Let's go. It was like waking up on Christmas morning, remembering you still had an having calendar door to him. Yeah. <laughs> having your auntie coming later on in the day. Um, my low. Nothing bad, bad was really on the show. Uh, Team Taz and Christian, yeah, it was the thing I was least bothered by. Yeah, that was it. Sound James, Mr. Luft. Um, my low was Stephen Hardy Adel. Um, the only thing really was the whole. Um, Nakazawa Eddie Kingston thing it's at the start of it it was a little bit disjointed there wasn't really 
any kind of explanation as to what was going on with it other than like a throwaway line and well it like, was it was kind of weird promo. because it wasn't a match was it no but they set aside but so why in in, in like in cafe why would they set aside time for it if it wasn't a match exactly like it was just not as i was sat there like doing whatever he was doing in the corner it was a bit weird um I, yeah, I, I just, I didn't really, I wasn't really that interested in it. It didn't hold my interest. Um, from a high, I'm going to say the same thing as Aaron. Um, Orange versus Pentagon, I really enjoyed it. Cool. Um, I will be, I'll, I'll try and choose some different bits and bobs. Again, same with Aaron. Um, this wasn't, it's, it's, we've had this a couple of times on Dynamite in the last month or so. It's, it's not been like a banger show with like super highs, but there's not been anything bad on it either. Um, it's just, yeah. a, it's just a, a good, to, a good to, good it's to definitely better. serviceable episode. It, it was just a good to better than good show, which had some really solid matches on. Um, I mean, I defended it, and I will continue to defend it as an angle. But the lowest point for me was probably the night the family versus the factory. Yeah, uh, it was, it was all right just compared to the rest of the stuff. I mean, if it weren't for the fact that he wanted to get eyes on a go go, you could bob us on dark, and nobody would bat an eyelid, would they? <laughs> Let's That's face it. it. Uh, but, you know, if, if six months down the line we've got Anthony Gogo wrecking house, then, you know, it's all worth it. It's it's money well spent. Um, and to my high, I'm going to have the, the parlay, the blood and guts parlay, because this has me frothing at the mouth. For, for I'm blood very and guts excited now. for blood and guts. Um, I really, I mean, I don't want to jinx it, but I've got a feeling we're going to see something really special in this match. Yeah. I'm really looking yeah. forward to it. Um, and yeah, this this did. This was the the perfect Amos Bush to um to have me absolutely. I'm I'm. If you told me that like blood and guts was happening right now in Manchester, I'd fucking run there. Yeah, <laughs> you know I'm, I'm at that level of hype right now, which is bad. I know I should temper my expectations. You know, re- wrestling is wrestling, of course, but I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, right, sound. So that is gonna that's gonna be a bit long today. So I do apologise for that. Um, unless you like it, in which case. I mean, it's oh, alright. We we went even longer on NXT. So. I was gonna say, aren't we good to you? <laughs> aren't we good to you? Give you all that value. Um, right. So before we do depart and prepare ourselves for a week of nervously anticipating blood and guts, uh, James, could you please tell the lovely people where they could find us on our social medias? So you can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Um, there we do like all, a lot of our watch-alongs. Uh, I believe the next one's probably going to be either WrestleMania Backlash or Double or Nothing, depending which comes first. I can't remember the dates off the top of my head. Um, we also do like uh, some of our streaming on there, like with the gaming as well, which we also do over at Twitch, which is Untitled Rest Pod. Uh, currently, me and Aaron are playing through the first Halo game. Uh, you get to see Aaron screaming and getting frightened by the flood. I watched um, it the other night. It was very entertaining. I did some backseat um, commenting as well, which was quite fun. He did. <laughs> uh, we might have we might have Troy joining us as well because he's got a Xbox One in the post. Um, yeah, you, you might have me at some point when I get that eight fucking six gig download done. Yeah, on on the Xbox One as well. On the Xbox One. Yeah. Oh, yes, boy. Um, yeah, so we might do so. Might do so, uh, all four of us doing Halo Two. That'd be pretty cool. Um, we've also got our Switch and uh, Twitch. Twitter and Discord, uh, Untitled Rest Pod as well. Uh, there you can get updates on when new episodes are out. Uh, you can just talk to us in general. And the Discord especially is really cool because we've got 
a growing community. Uh, we've got people who aren't, aren't even wrestling fans on there, uh, just want to join us in games. I think we're doing a quiz at the weekend as well, um, which, again, join our Discord server. You can get be a part of that, um, as well as being a part of our Saturday night gaming stream. Um, because it's brand new, we keep forgetting about it, but please go to our Twitch and subscribe to us for... Yes. Five pounds. Throw us a little, throw us a little cheeky sub. Oh, if you got Amazon yeah. Prime, give us a yeah. Prime sub. You know. Yeah. Or if you've got an Amazon, don't give Prime it. Account. Don't don't give it to Ninja. He's got loads of money. Give it to us. <laughs> give it to us. We're skin. We'll spend it on. Yeah. We'll spend it on buying fucking shitty impact pay per views from like twenty twelve. <laughs> isn't that isn't that, uh, really, isn't that what it's really all about? That that is genuinely what it's all. Yeah. Oh. Um, right, Aaron, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Can you please tell the lovely people about our sponsor with reference to our brand new discount code? Oh, I mean, I... don't don't worry if you can't remember because I'm pretty sure no one if... this part of the podcast anyway. I think I remember it. Um, yes, if, you if he's go forgotten to... it, I'm going to berate him. If you go to thatchface.com and you fancy some beer grooming products, if you want a comb, stick it in your basket. Uh, oils, stick it in your basket. You want a full grooming kit? Stick it straight in your basket. This is our by the way. If you go to the promo code, <laughs> if you go to the promo box at the bottom of your basket, type in UWP20. Yes, for those, of you don't, for those of you who don't speak confused Scottish person, that is the <laughs> Yeah, UWP20 in the promo code is our new podcast um, discount code, and it gives you 20% off. Yeah, 20%. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, the clue's in the number in the, the code. The clue's in the name, 20% <laughs> off. Um, and also, some of the proceeds to, of your purchase do go to testicular cancer charities. Okay. So it's all for a good cause as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so one last shameless plug for myself. If you would fancy some wrestling get themed beers, please do head over to topropebrewing.com where we will have a range of beer to supply all your wrestling needs. Maybe you've got a big pay-per-view watch along. Maybe you just want to smash your load of TNA or during the round. You need some liquid refreshments to go with it. Topropebrewing.com. Hit us up on the shop and we can deliver those beers directly to your door. Uh, yeah, in fact, that is probably about all we can legally do. Um, it's getting a bit long now. Um, so thank you very much for joining us. As always, stay safe, enjoy wrestling, and we'll see you all very soon. Bye. Bye. How does Ventruso always avoid traffic coming the wrong way? Constant swerves, bro. I knew that was going to be a swear thing. I'm, I'm, I'm not mad. It's, it's fine. Just disappointed. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>